Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Oh 
clap your hands. And what the Lord keeps telling me is that we are going to leave here after this conference to make a maximum impact on your town, on your city. Some of you, after this conference, new families are going to join your church. Not one boy, one girl, one man. Families, father, mother, children. Yes. Because the impact you are going to make is going to be a very major impact. And my father, Bishop Dagwood Mills, wrote a very powerful song I love so much. Encouraging us to have a maximum impact. You know, when you are... Boxing, your blows should not be minimal. Some light blow. You always give your best. Yes, maximum impact that causes your opponent to just lie flat on the canvas. And you are going to make a maximum impact. Help me welcome our sister Mary to minister that beautiful song written by our father, our pastor, Bishop Dagwood Mills. And then we'll receive the co-host. Clap your hands for Jesus. From God the other day I was just a young person He spoke to me and said My child, you are mine You must work And you must preach Do you know the secret of prosperity? Seek ye first the kingdom of God And know these things people seek for I will give them all to you I'll go where I have to go And I'll preach what I have to preach Have the maximum impact, yeah I'll go where I have to go And I'll preach what I have to preach Have the maximum impact, yeah Blessed is the man whom God chooses and he causes to approach he shall be satisfied with the good of the house and of the holy temple oh one thing have I desired of the Lord this one thing that I will see that I may dwell the house of the Lord and behold the beauty of this temple I'll go where I have to go and I'll preach what I have to preach have the maximum impact yeah will you go where you have to go you must preach what you have to preach have the maximum impact yeah do you know the secret of prosperity seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things 
people seek for, I will give them more to you. Your God, and He will bless. He shall bless the bread you eat. He shall also bless the water that you drink. I am the Lord that He led thee. You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless. A blessing for all those who serve. He will take away. Sickness from your midst, the number of your days he will fulfill. I'll go where I have to go, and I'll preach what I have to preach. Have the maximum impact, yeah. Will you go where you have to go? You must preach what you have to preach. Have the maximum impact, yeah. I will go where I have to go. I must preach what I have to preach Have the maximum impact, yeah Will you go where you have to go? You must preach what you have to preach Have the maximum impact, yeah I'll go to a dental I'll go to the nations Have the maximum impact, yeah Will you go where you have to go? You must preach what you got to preach Have the maximum impact, yeah I'll go where I got to go You must preach what you have to preach Have the maximum impact, yeah Have the maximum, have the maximum Have the maximum impact Have the maximum impact, yeah I'll go where I got to go you must preach what you have to preach Have the maximum impact, yeah Will you go to Medina? Will you go to Adenta? Have the maximum impact, yeah We'll go where we have to go We must preach what we got to preach Have the maximum impact, Maximum, say maximum. Oh, keep clapping. Oh, keep clapping. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. We are normally going to start the day at 7 a.m. 6.37. But today, because we were late starting we are pushing some time into the shadow but this time is a privileged time for you and all those of you who are watching online 
Because Jesus said, the prophets of old desired to hear what you are about to hear. But they did not get the chance. Some Christians, some pastors, some leaders wish that they had heard what you are about to hear. But Jesus said, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. I am very convinced that your ministry is not going to be the same again. Yes. And one of the agents God is going to use to affect your ministry is the pastor I am about to introduce. One of the Wisdom keys you must have as a Christian, as a pastor is not to listen to people who have not walked what they are talking about. So there's something we call walking the talk. There are people who talk. They are very good at preaching. Very good at giving speeches. But when you get into their lives, there is not much. That is why one of your greatest blessings is to encounter pastors who have experienced a lot in the ministry. When they speak, their words are different from people who just know scriptures and can explain verses. And this beautiful afternoon on this first day, God has raised a man for this conference. And I'm going to have the pleasure of introducing him every time he comes to minister by the grace of God. He is, first of all, a very true son of Bishop Dagwood Mills. And you will know that he's a true son by the church he pastors. He is the pastor of the Kodesh. Which for many years has been the seat of the lighthouse group of churches. Now is the headquarters of one of our denominations. But where Bishop Dagwood Mills pastored is the church this pastor is currently pastoring and raising amazing leaders another thing I want to say about him is that he's a pastor of a very large flock, he's a great shepherd, a great shepherd and as he speaks I believe that that anointing will also fall on you yes the other credential is that you are about to listen to a pastor who has not only done ministry in Ghana. He's not a local player. He's an international player who has done ministry as a missionary to Zimbabwe, Nigeria, 
um, other nations of the world. In fact, there was a time he was traveling everywhere, taking care of all the missionaries of the Lighthouse Chapel International. He is not a small man. And this afternoon, I also want to add that above all, he's a pastor of many, many pastors. Many pastors in Ghana, in America, England, all over the world. And that gives him the credence to speak to us this afternoon. We are very happy to have him with us this week. And each time he stands to speak, believe it that God is delivering wisdom for your life and your ministry. I'm excited to welcome to the pulpit a friend of mine, a big brother of mine, an anointed servant of God, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, a builder of churches, and a raiser of armies of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you know his name already, but I'm mentioning it for the first time in this conference. Bishop Ni Ajedu Amba. Let's receive him to minister. You can have this pulpit or this pulpit. Each one is yours. Clap your hands and let's receive God's servant this beautiful afternoon. I can't hear your hand clap at all. Online. I want to hear Hallelujah. Do you have energy this afternoon? I said, do you have energy this afternoon? Remember that as Christians, we are an army. I know the time is what? About one. And it's civilians who are on break at this time. Not army. I say civilians who go on break at this time. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we honor and bless you. We pray that this afternoon you deposit something to our lives. Thank you for what we have heard already. I pray for good ground hearts. That every heart will go this afternoon will be a good ground heart. That the word will fall on good grounds. Not on stony grounds. Not on thorny grounds. Not on wayside grounds. But on good ground. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, let it be. And I pray that at the end of the day, your name will be glorified. Thank you for what we are heard already. And thank you for what we are about to hear. In Jesus' name, let everyone say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and you may be seated. I have been blessed sitting here this few hours. You know, he said I am his senior brother. That's only in age. But ministry is not by age. Ministry is by anointing. And so he's my senior brother in ministry. And I'm very glad to be his junior brother in ministry. And as he's going up and up in ministry, ministering all over the world, ministering with the prophet, he's just returned from Paris, somewhere in France, ministering powerfully. As he's, pull, as he's going up, he's also pulling me along. Hallelujah. <laughs> so thank you very much, senior brother, for pulling me along. Amen. I said amen. amen. I think that the first thing I want to say is that a conference like this should not have empty seats. Amen. 
a conference like this should not have empty seats. So if you are here and you are here alone without your friend who is also a fellow Christian, it is a mistake. If you are here, you have a brother who is also a fellow Christian, it is a mistake. And it's even a greater mistake if you are a pastor and you don't have your choir leader here. You don't have your assistants here. You don't have the people, members of your church in this place. I think that tomorrow you are going to bring members of your church into this place. Hallelujah. I think you need to clap your hands for that statement. Amen. The Bible says that as dear children, we should be imitators of God. We should be what? Imitators of God. People who copy God. Now, give me the scripture, John chapter 3, verse 16. And you see what God and who God is. It says, for God so loved the world. You know, the people that God have access to is the world. Amen? The people that God have access to is what? The world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, again, this is the second group of people that God have access to, whosoever. Amen? So, you and I, who are supposed to imitate God, we are supposed to imitate God in this very scripture. The very foundational scripture of being born again. Amen? Who are the people that you have influence over? God had influence over the whole world. And that is why the Bible says, for God so loved that God extended the love to the whole world. God did not extend the love to white men. God did not, you know, it's not like he extended the love to white men and the white men also came to give it to us. As some may want to think that we were discovered and were Christians. So it's not like God targeted only some people and they targeted the rest. But God so loved the world. Hallelujah. Clap for John, first, uh, John 3.16. For God so loved where? The world. Amen. And because he loved the world, he reached out to the whole world with his influence. The influence of his son. And I'm saying that you and I, who do we have influence over? The people that we have influence over, we must also reach out to them. So you cannot come to such a conference and leave members of your church out. It is not like you're coming to hear something that will make you a superman. So that when you go, you go and download to them and say, Pastor, is wild. No, it doesn't work that way. The more people you bring to such a conference, the more your church is blessed. And the easier your work becomes. You know, by the grace of God, I worked in the gold mines at Shanti Goldfields, and they sent me to Zimbabwe to go and work. Now, whilst I was there, by the grace of God, oh, when I was going, Bishop said, when you go, plant a church. So whilst I was going, as a financial person, chief financial officer, I carried my pulpit, I carried my offering basket, and I carried my banner. In those days, we had something we call starter pack. Now, when they were clearing my things at customs, the customs asked, what is this pulpit? I say, it's my family altar. And I take it wherever I am. 
Hallelujah. It is my family altar. Of course, the, the banner was folded with my clothing, so that one you can't ask me, what is this? If I say it is my waist cloth, what? <laughs> amen? I said amen. Now, I had an opportunity to live in Zimbabwe for three and a half years. Just like Jesus. Three and a half years. Amen. And by the grace of God, when I was living in Zimbabwe, there were five churches. There were congregations. And there was a church building. Now, I'm not saying this to say anything. But I'm saying this to mean that whoever God places under you, you have a certain influence over the person. Amen. And God expects you to influence the people in the right way. So if you deem it right to be in a conference like this, then you should deem it right for every member of your church to be in this conference. Amen. And so don't come this afternoon or tomorrow alone. And let me tell you why. When I was in Zimbabwe, I think that my assistant, I don't know how, those days it was very difficult. Last year 2000, it was very difficult to get messages. It wasn't like it was on internet that you can easily get. But some way, somehow, they got the messages of the church. You know? And my assistant, when I've gone to work, he would gather people in his hall. Those days, it was not easy to have a video deck or television in, in Zimbabwe. But he would gather people in his hall and they'll be watching the messages. They'll be watching the messages. So unknowing to me, my members were soaking in messages. Now, it was very amazing. I'm telling you how come I was able to build five churches and church building and congregation. One day I was just preaching. And as I was preaching, suddenly all the guys, they, they, they rose up and, Amen, Amen. I said, hey, what is happening in this church? They were shouting, Amen. Mercy. I said, hey, where has this guy been? They have been soaking the messages in Accra. Are you with me? And because they were soaking the original messages, they were caught the spirit of the ministry. And because they've caught the spirit of the ministry, they could support my message. They could do the things that will encourage a preacher, which I'm expecting you this hot afternoon to encourage. Amen. And so, by the grace of God, within a short time, the church began to grow. And I had records from the denominational office in Accra that my church was the fastest growing church in Lighthouse. Not because I was anointed than anybody else, but because the people I was leading, they also got a taste. Amen? They got a taste of what Bishop was preaching in Accra. They got a taste of how a congregation is supposed to react to the messages. They got a taste of how a congregation receives messages. And now they got a taste of it. And they surprised me by their support. Now that is what is going to happen to the people that you bring to the conference like this. Amen. I said that is what is going to happen to the people that you bring to a conference like this. Because some of us by the grace of God, maybe we are above 60, we are 
hearing same thing. So you mean you may not even hear everything because you may doze off once in a while, you know. But if you have your young men here, as if you have your young men here, I tell you, your talking to them will be minimized because they also come here to receive the spirit. Just like my church in Zimbabwe received the spirit. They received the spirit and they supported the message. They supported the church. My assistant will organize them. Once I've gone to work, it's organized. They are doing retreats. Were, I didn't teach them retreats. But they were learning from the source. Now they are pastors. By the grace of God, Bishop Go is now in charge of Zimbabwe. He had a camp with them recently, a very powerful camp. They are all pastors. You know, people who they just tapped from the source. What am I saying? I'm saying that for God so loved the world. Because that is the influence that God had. God had influence over the whole world. The people that you have influence over. God did not save them for them to become just church attendees. Hallelujah. I say God did not save them to become church attendees. It is a big mistake for us to do as pastors. Who think, you know, Bishop Ogo said something when I was preaching. That God did not just call us to teach our people to love Christ. But even to love Christ. Jesus Christ said that, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lamb. So to love Christ, there, there is nothing, there is nothing about Christianity which, you know, which has nothing to do with doing the work of God. Everything about God. Everything about God. Remember, Jesus Christ did not send us into the world to make converts. He sent us to make disciples. Yeah. I think you have to write it. He sent us to what? To make converts. Teaching them to observe all things. He sent us to make disciples, not converts. And I think that the church is going down and down because our focus is to just make converts. But we were never sent to make converts. We were never sent to make converts. We were sent to make disciples. We were sent to raise an army unto God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. And so what are my sections? I want to talk about the subject that many are called. Amen. Why are many called? Because for God so loved the world. Hallelujah. God so loved the world. You know, I heard stories. Oh, we know stories about our grandfathers and things who had cocoa farms. And usually, they have many children. It's not because they like sex. Or because they like women. But as he's there, he's thinking about his cocoa farm. Who should work on the farm? I said, who should work on the farm? So his own children. You see, he said, Coco Farm has 22 children. Coco Farm has 14 children. There was no Coco Farm with two children. Like you and I. I said, there's no Coco Farm with four children. Like you and I. They have what? Proper Coco Farm have many children. And as he's giving birth, not because he likes women. But as he's giving birth, he's thinking about his Coco Farm. He's thinking about his cocoa farm. Who will work on the farm? So as God 
The Bible says, for God so loved the world, God is also thinking the same thing about the thing that has to be done here. God is thinking about his cocoa farm. And God's cocoa farm is a field of souls. So God is thinking about the souls. As he is sending Jesus Christ to come and die, he didn't send them to come and die for a few people. He came to die for the whole world. Hallelujah. And you and I are supposed to be imitators of God. We are supposed to copy God. Anything that falls short of what God came to do or what Jesus came to do is not ministry. Amen? Jesus even encouraged us. He said, greater works shall we do if only we believe. Now, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I want to read from the Message Bible. From the Message Bible. Verse 10. It says, no, we neither make nor say ourselves. Amen? We neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He created each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. So just like the cocoa farmer, God made you and I so that we would join him. Amen? It means that God is still in the business of winning souls. That is why Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God making intercession for the saints. God is making intercession for you for, not for you to marry. Jesus is making intercession for you not for you to have a car or not for you to have business. All those things are good but all those things are just temporary. All those things are just to make you happy so that you will do the real thing. Amen? That is why he said that at God's right hand. Making intercession for us. He says he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. So in the work he does, present continuous. It's not the work that he did. But the work he does. Which means that God is still in the business of the same work. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It, it said the good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. And mind you, God is not talking to just a few people. Paul here was not talking to a few. He was talking to the whole church. And he had, it, it wasn't a pastor's conference he was talking to. It wasn't a shepherd's conference he was talking to. He was talking to the whole church. Amen. So what Christians, which means that what he was talking about is something that is for everyone, you and I. It's not just for a few people. If God so loved the world, and because the world is a place, a sphere of influence, then I'm saying that if you are to be an imitator of God, then you also have to affect the people who you have influence over. Not only a few elders in your church. 
not only a few um, rich people in your church, but every member of the church. I tell my church that, yes, if all of you have to become pastors, that is my vision. Yeah. I told my church at the Kodesh that if all of you have become pastors, that is my vision. Last week, two ladies visited me in my office and they came in, church members, they were chatting and they said, when I came to the Kodesh initially, he said, hey, Bishop it's like Bishop Nilai's work. Because what else do we, do we have to do than to work? The moment you stop working, you are preparing to die. Are you with me? I said, the moment you stop working, that means that the next thing to do is to die. The human being was made to work. And so if you are not working for God, you'll be working for Satan. By all means, you'll be working for somebody. You can't stay neutral. You can't say, I'm doing nothing. In the parable of the talent, the one who had one talent, he did nothing. And he was classified as a useless person. A wicked person. So there's nothing like doing nothing. Are you understand what I'm saying? And I'm saying that the work that God is calling us onto is for all of us. Let's look at how he says it in the KGV. He says, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. There are a lot of work that we are doing that are not good works. Any work that is temporal. I mean, if you are working in Barclays, would you like to be a temporal worker? A casual worker? No, you want to be what? Permanent worker. Isn't that the case? So they pay, they pay your SSNIT. And then they, you know SSNIT? Do you know SSNIT? Yes, so they pay your SSNIT and your tax and your everything. Do you understand? Nobody wants to be a casual worker. So how come you want to be a casual worker in the house of God? No. He said, we are his workmanship. Now, if you go along the road, there's a man who does some carvings, you know, down the road there. You know, the thing that he has displayed, those are his carvings. Those are his workmanship. Okay. Those are the things that he has spent day and night putting together. Displaying them by the roadside. Making them attractive. For what purpose? For somebody to come and buy. So that he will get money. And the Bible says you and I, we are the people that God is shaping out. Amen? I said we are the people that God is shaping out. And you see the interesting thing, it's not just you and I. It's the many of your members who are not here. It's very sad. You know, at times you go for a conference and you hear some very powerful things. I wish these guys were here. I wish. Now you don't have to wish. Bring them here. I say you don't have to wish. I say what? You don't have to wish. Bring them here. Amen. Because when you bring them here, they hear the same thing you are hearing. And that makes you a greater person. There is nowhere that I have worked. That I have left the job. That somebody has come from somewhere else to take over. Everywhere I have worked, when I have left, whoever was assisting me takes over. In my secular life, yes, I'm telling you. In my secular life, I worked in Obwasi, various positions. Obwasi, I went to Zimbabwe, Takra, Debi, Everywhere I have worked, by the grace of God. No job that I have left, that a stranger has been brought to take over from my living. 
every job I have left, whoever is assisting me takes over that job. And that is what God wants us to do. But if you attend such conferences alone, the many, what is going to happen to them? The masses, what is going to happen to them? Now, ministry work, as you may be aware by now, it's not an easy thing. As I'm sitting, I'm, I'm here this week, my church, we are having a program. They say what? Uh, labor to be blessed. This morning, woke up at five and prayed. The evening to the prayer. That is happening for two weeks. Then and, um, something else. For a whole month, we are doing a program. It is going on whilst I'm here. And that is what God wants you to do. Everything must go on. Otherwise, Jesus Christ will still be around. Yeah. Otherwise, he will still be around. You see, most of us, we look at the people we are leading as not capable. I believe that Peter Dempsey were not capable. Because after working with them for three and a half years of teaching them, last minute they denied him. They ran away from him. You think they were capable? They were not capable. But Jesus Christ still trusted them and gave your salvation into their hands. I say what? He gave your salvation into their hands. He committed this great assignment of God into the hands of incapable people. People who deny him. They say they don't know him. After feeding them. Was it not uh, Peter? Whose mother? Peter's mother-in-law he healed. Healing their mother, their mother-in-laws. After all the miracles. They said they don't know him. Yet, they were the same people that he washed their feet. The useless guys. The betrayers. You see, you think it was only Judas who betrayed Jesus? No, no, it wasn't only Judas. All the disciples betrayed him. All of them. The only difference between them and Judas is that they came to their senses. That's the only difference. They came to their senses. And yet, when he was going, these betrayers, he committed a word into their hands. He says, you go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. That when they receive the promise of the Father, they will go. Can you see? They stayed in Jerusalem. They didn't want to go. So even after the promise of the Father had come, they were still hard. They were still very difficult until persecutions came before they began to scatter. So he committed the church to people who were useless. Who were betrayers. Wicked people. And so the people that God has given you, don't see them as useless. See them as Jesus saw the disciples. That despite the betrayal, despite everything else, he will commit the church into your hand, into their hands. Amen? I said amen. amen. So in your church, don't see people as accountants. As, as an, I'm an accountant. I'm a chartered accountant. Bishop did not see me as an accountant. One day he called me to his office in Collegono. He said, what do you do in church? Because I had been in some ministry before. And I was very powerful there. I was doing a, a, what do you call it? I think, counseling. Counseling, yes. So I joined our church in Takradi. Within two years, he called me to his office. 
What do you do in church? So I'm in charge of teachers and follow up. So what do you do? So we follow up people. Isn't it very powerful in your church? Yes. What else do you do? Oh, when people give their life to Christ, we go and look for them. And, and then what else do you do? So now I was getting confused. That because if I think of my former church, this is a very, very powerful, a senior person in the church. And he kept on asking me, so what do you do? And so what else do you do? Then he said, Nia, do you know you are called? That's what he said. Do you know you are called? Well, I didn't have an answer to that. Because I don't know anything about call. All I need is to be a good Christian and to do something in church. He said, you are called. And that started a journey. I said, that started a journey. I said, that started a journey. Amen. And I'm telling you, this man you are seeing here, I'm sure the same thing. As a student, as a student in the medical school, he was part in the church. And there are many people here the same. Now, the way that pastoral calling was handed over to us, that we got that our bishop made us what we become, that's the same way that he has used to make a lot of all these people pastors. The same way. And so I'm saying to you, if you have 35 people in your church, your aim should be that all the 35 become pastors. I think you didn't hear me. That's a chief shepherd. A chief shepherd has what? Other shepherds. That's why that's what makes you a chief. Otherwise, you're not a chief shepherd. As if you have 35 people in your church, your aim and your objective is to make all of them like you. All of them. Amen. Amen. Jesus tried to make 12 people like him. One fell by the roadside. By the end of the day, the 12, though they ran away, they came back and they continued the work. They continue the work. And so don't see anybody as a doctor in your church. Last year, I appointed one professor, a pastor in my church. Wow. Yes. Professor. A professor at the University of Ghana. Professor Tamati. Wow. Yes. Doctor. Yes. A surgeon, yes. Heart yes. Surgeon. yes. Heart surgeon. I appointed him a pastor. <laughs> in my church. Are you hearing me? Wow. Yes. <laughs> it's a great achievement for me. <laughs> a yes, a professor. I appointed him a pastor. Maybe next year I'll appoint his wife, who's also a doctor, a pastor. <laughs> because what Bishop Dagger has taught me, don't see people the way the world sees them. That's what Bishop Gore was just sharing with us. Don't see people the way the world sees people. Or oh, this is a professor. When we are giving, raising funds, he will give more. So he give him a seat, second row. Because first row is for pastors. Second row is for professors and businessmen. No, 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 no. When Jesus was calling his people, you see, we are, we are not being imitators of God. Didn't Jesus call a doctor? Look. Didn't he call a fisherman? Didn't he call a custom officer? Custom officers were thieves. I don't know about these days. 
But the people did not like them at all. They were like accountants. Always balancing the books. But Jesus Christ mixed them all. The best soup that you have is soup that has got many things. Soup that has, has some crabs. Soup that has some um, wele. Soup that has some mushroom. Soup that has some whatever. Smoked fish. Isn't that the soup that is nice? That's why a lot of people don't enjoy chicken soup. Because it's only chicken that is inside. <laughs> you go to any popular chop bar and see if people go there to go and eat chicken soup. They go there and then I want to cut a crow. I can't see a womb. The mixture of things. That is the variety. That is what brings the interest. So in Jesus' church, there was variety. They were learned doctors. They were learned accountants. They were unlearned men like fishermen. But he had to call all of them. He had to call all of them because he was being an imitator of God. So why is it that in your church you are seeing accountants differently? Why are you seeing business men differently? There is a businesswoman in our church. Very, very prosperous businesswoman. One of our churches, not in the, uh, the Kodesh. I think it's at the, she's at the Kadesh. Very prosperous businesswoman. Has shops. But she's a lady pastor. Okay. She runs, I think, the Grand Church. No, Tree Church or so. Yeah, Tree Church in Kadesh. She, she's the pastor for the church. A businesswoman. Rich woman. She doesn't sit down on the second row to give offering. She stands and holds the mic to preach, to take offering. So, my brothers and sisters, we shouldn't condemn people in our church to nothing. Amen? At least Jesus Christ showed us an example by calling various people, varying people, and bringing them together. Now, the greatest, the greatest thing about the work of God is that everybody is brought in. Amen? Everybody. I have very, very competent Shepherds who are yam sellers at Agbobroshi. I'm telling you, I have about six or eight yam sellers in Agbobroshi. Yam, they stand by the roadside to sell yam. They are shepherds, they bus people to church. I'm looking for the day that I will appoint some of them as pastors. Yes, if they can't read the books, I'll read it to them and examine them. And make them pastors. Because it's not only a few people who are the workmanship of God. See everybody in your church as a workmanship of God. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. So long as the blood of Christ has watched you. You can be part of that workmanship. So long as you have been washed by the blood of Christ. You can be part of that workmanship. Amen? Seamstresses. They shouldn't just be in the church and sew choir robes. They should also... Uh, one of my best pastors is a lady pastor. In fact, she comes from this area. Her entire brother have, they have family lands in this area. Yes, one of my best lady pastors. 
She has about 350 people under her. Yeah. And don't put aside the women to be serving orange juice. Even these days, there's no orange juice. There's so many. Or- <laughs> are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Because some of the best pastors I have are lady pastors. I can mention their names. From Botiano, bringing about 400 people all over to church. And so one of my, some of my best pastors are lady pastors. So women also. He said, we are his workmanship. There's no discrimination in that we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So I'm saying there are so many works that are going on. Amen? Amen. But there are good works. There are good works. Good works are works that last forever. By the grace of God, I've worked in about three mining towns. Yes, big mining towns. I worked in Obuasi. At that time, it was the fifth largest gold mine in the whole world. I worked in Frida Rebecca Mine in Zimbabwe. It was the largest gold mine in Zimbabwe. Now, listen very carefully. I said good works are works that last. Not works that are temporary. Every mine that I have worked, by the grace of God, Anywhere I go, if there's a lighthouse, I will join. If there's no lighthouse, I will form one and join by the grace of God. Now, every mine that I have worked in, at the point, the churches that we started in those mines, the churches were thriving. But the gold mines were collapsing. All the three mines. Obwasi, the church, we have churches there that are thriving. We have cathedral in Obuasi. Bibieni. We have a cathedral there. The gold mine. Zimbabwe, Federal Rebecca Mines. The same thing. In the town, in Bindura, we have a church building there. But the gold mine. So, I may have gone there as a finance director, whatever it is. But there is a good work. Amen. That is work, but there is a good work. Hallelujah. There is a good work. Any work that is temporal is just work. But a good work lasts forever. And every work that you do in the area of Christ is a step of faith. I was reading in the Faith Secrets recently about a vision that somebody had. In the vision, the person was in heaven and he met a lady who had passed away. I mean, has passed away from earth, so it was, she was in heaven. And she was chatting with the lady and she was just trying to find out what the lady knew on earth. And she asked, the lady said, oh, she was very happy. It was asked, the lady was asking about her children. Then the lady asked about her husband. Now, the husband has remarried on earth. But the husband also has become a Christian and has moved forward in the things of God. The lady said, oh, oh yeah, yeah. When the husband became a Christian, she was very excited. She was in heaven. Then the husband has moved forward in the things of God. Oh, she was very excited. 
You know, say, how about hey, hey, he's remarried? Oh, I don't remember. He said, I mean, I mean, she didn't know that she was, that she, he has remarried. In heaven, marriage is not recorded. It doesn't score marks. Are you, do you understand what I said? I said, in, in, in heaven, marriage, I mean, when you marry, it's just, I mean, of course, dogs don't marry, but they also flow. So, things like marriage, your promotion, they're all good. But those are not things that, they're not steps of faith. Because even Muslims marry, Muslims get rich, they get promotion. Unbelievers marry, unbelievers get rich, they get promotion. So if you are a believer, you also get promotion. What's the difference? It's not a step of faith that is recorded in heaven. Are you with me? It's the work towards Jesus Christ. It's the workmanship. The work that God has created for us. That is what scores marks. If you bring a house help to your house, and every day the house help is washing her own clothing, does it improve the work you have given the house help? Does it please you? I said, does it please you? The wild self gets up Saturday morning, she walks her clothing and hangs them, and then she sits down to look at the sun for the things to dry. When they finish, she irons them. What good is that to you? Her own clothes. It, it is of no good to you. But when she wash your clothing, because you have brought her there to wash your clothing, when she cleans the house, because you have brought her there to clean the house. When she sweeps the living room, because you have brought her there to sweep the living room, that is what is recorded as work. So he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Unto good works. With God had before ordained. When you were bringing the house help, you have already planned for the house help. What do you want the helper to do? When the farmer was giving birth to many children, he had planned. He has not cultivated some of the acres of land because the children are few. But as the children are growing, then he cultivates more. So he had planned something for them. God has planned something for you and I. He has planned something for every member of your church. I say he has planned something for every member of your church. Don't deny them what God has planned for them. Don't deny them the good works. Don't deny them what scores mass in heaven. Don't deny them what gives them credibility in heaven. Don't deny them. Bring them to a conference like this. How much does it cost to come for a conference like this? Bishop carries us. 20 people. 15 people. 30 people, 35 people. He carries us all. Come and let's go. Let me go and teach you. He may take photographs of places and come and teach us. He may take photographs. This is London Bridge. There are documentaries. There are documentaries. This is London Bus. This one is for tour. You sit on top, it takes you through London. It shows you Beckham Palace. It shows you um, where... Uh, what was that uh, president? What's it called? Uh, the president, the one who was in the war. Winston Churchill, this way, Mr. Churchill. There are pictures. There are pictures. 
But adults, I went to school in London. I was in London for five years. I, I never saw any of those things. You also went to school in London? You lived there? You didn't, we didn't see all of those things. We were always in the underground tube. But he took us there and showed us places. By the time we came, what we have learned, there is no amount of documentary. There is no amount of video that could teach us what he has learned. That is a great shepherd. Carrying, taking us along. We were walking in London street like some small boys. Walking. Hey! By the time we came, I've lost three kilos. We must do it again. Because I've tried, uh, I'm not losing weight. But by the time we came back, I lost three kilos. So this is great. Oh. Hallelujah. Oh. Taking us along, walking, walking, looking at things, going to um, the war, the war, there's a place called the war room. War museum. Where was the church and his cabinet? Where they plan everything to defeat Hitler. It's a different thing watching on television. Westminster Abbey, I'm telling you. You know, it's when we, we went and came back, I was watching something, then I understood what I was watching. Even as I was watching the Queen's funeral, I was understanding, because I've also been there a couple of weeks, um, weeks ago. Are you understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying, when you bring your people, when the people you are raising, you make them follow you, you make them learn the thing you are learning, you make them know the thing you are knowing, you make them hear the thing you are hearing, it makes a difference in their lives. It makes a difference in their lives. A whole lot of difference. That is why in school, we do practicals. Despite everything that you are taught, they also make you go and do practicals. From second school, we start cutting frogs. (laughs) We start cutting frogs. It's called dissection. Little do we know that when you get higher into university, you are not going to cut a human being. So that when you now get a real human being, you know how to handle the human being. You understand how to handle the human being. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Everybody in your church is God's workmanship. The good work you are doing is great. But I tell you, if you have six more people, you have ten more people, Doing that work with you, you will go places. I say you will go places. That is why I am free to come here. My church is very, very busy. Very, very busy, I'm telling you. Very busy. We have a month, whole month of what? what the, labor to be blessed. Laboring to be blessed one whole month. And I've left the whole week to come here. But it's because there are people. At times, I go to church in the morning. And I sit my, my assistants, you are preaching. And they all know the way I operate. So, it's not like I should have told you yesterday. We have a shadow of the book we are all preaching from. Okay? So, you can preach from any chapter. We just finished November as uh, Faith Secrets. So, I can't tell you, you are preaching. That's all. And they preach. The way I preach, they also preach the same. Do you understand? At times you get to church and, you know, because of some conditions, I couldn't preach. I said, look, Charlie, you are preaching. But if you leave those people behind, you know, you, you may be afraid to, 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 to leave the church to them. Today, as we are standing, 
Bishop Doug is leaving the church to executive council to run. And he's sitting back and he's watching us. We do a mistake, then shoom, whip us. Go on. Do a mistake. Change this. Do this. Because he's not going to live forever. And neither are you going to live forever. If you don't follow the fact that every member in your church is God's workmanship, the work of God dies with you. I said the work of God dies with you. If your ministry cannot go beyond your life, then you didn't come to do anything. That is not the example of Jesus Christ. The ministry of Jesus Christ lived and survived after he has departed. It even became bigger and wider after he has survived. Amen? I said it became bigger and wider after he has left. And that is what God is saying to us here at this conference. So as we have come, we are learning about the art of shepherding. We are learning how to be a great shepherd. That's what a great shepherd does. A great shepherd you don't come and when you are giving, you see, it's only in Ghana. I've tried rearing cows before. After a number of years, the cows were re- reducing. <laughs> I was listening to Bishop this morning. He said he also did some cow, rear some cows. But he was saying that he never read any book on how to rear cows. Neither did he go to any seminar to listen to how to rear cows. No wonder his cows reduced. No wonder his cows were reduced. So it's good that you are here. Well, you have come here to learn the art of shepherding. Amen? I say you have come here to learn the art of shepherding. So as you have come here, decide that something is going to be impacted onto you. But the greater thing to do is to have your members also here. To have your members here with you. Don't come with only your secretary who is holding your water. The one holding your water in your face towel only. No. Come with all your people. I'm telling you, it's the greatest way for your church to grow. Don't think you are come to learn some secrets that you go and release and then they'll be amazed at you. Amazed at you to do what? Amazed at you to do what? If they come and learn the same thing, I'm telling you, your church will be different. I say your church will be different. I say your church will be different. Now, I don't even know the number of denominations we have. I think we have 36. Yes. I think, you see, you, you know, it's 36. A month ago, it was 18. Because more people are busy. So a lot of them don't know. And that is it. More people are being trained. More, more, more people are being trained. And you come to the church and say, ah, this one, everybody, we call everybody a bishop. They've been trained. I said, they have been trained. Yeah, they have been trained. They've been trained. And don't ever think that you will inconvenience people. At times we give excuse for people. Oh, they'll be inconvenienced. Please. Jesus Christ said that anyone who will come after me does not hate his mother, his father, his brother, his sister, his wife, and his own self also. It's not fit to be my disciples. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. This is not a conference you should come alone. It's, it, it, it's a sin to come alone. 
I say it's a sin to come alone. Hallelujah. It's a sin to come alone. Let's look at this same scripture in the Amplified Version. Are you learning something? It says, for we are God's handiwork. Hmm? His workmanship recreated in Jesus Christ that's born anew that we may do we may do those good works which God predestinated he planned beforehand for us taking parts which he prepared ahead of time wow that we should walk in them that's living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live hallelujah God has prearranged a good life. Look, ministry, we should not be selfish. Ministry is very exciting. Amen? And that's why you need more people. Isn't parties exciting? When you go for a party, it's exciting, isn't it? Eh? At times, even the party, they say, bring your card, and then you join others to join you, because party is exciting. Isn't the case? Ministry is also exciting. I mean, the stories you hear every Sunday is very interesting. It's very, very interesting. People come in, there are problems that tell their stories. At times, when somebody is talking and I was just sitting there, I'll be praying. Say, Holy Spirit, teach me, tell me something to tell the person. Holy Spirit, tell me something to tell the person. By the time the person finishes, the Holy Spirit has told me something to tell the person. It's very exciting. And such an exciting thing, you should not be the only person to participate in it. Otherwise, you are being selfish. Otherwise, you are being selfish. Hallelujah. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. Recreated. With God himself. At what? God has prepared it. You see that thing that God has prepared for us. So you are denying people of doing the things that God has prepared for them. It is very, it's a very sad situation. You are blocking them. You are holding back their blessings. Look at me. I turned 62 years ago by the grace of God. Now, if I was working in the gold mine by now, they would have retired me. This is not a foolish thing. To retire me, look at me with this energy. To retire, to go and do what? To go and die. And because of the energy that I have, then I will start chasing small, small girls. Because now I've retired from work. I've got some money. I can chop with some small, small girls. Is it the wicked thing that is in the world? I said, can you see the wicked thing in the world? That as I'm standing here, they should have retired me two years ago. Next two weeks, I'll be 62. Is it, is it fair? I said, is it fair? You are no more. I said, is it fair? It's not fair. And you have many people in your church like that. Who in a few years, if you yourself have not been retired, in a few years will be retired. And unfairness will be brought to their lives. What should I be doing? Tell me. Small, small girls. Because the energy has to be used. It has to be dissipated. Then you, we enter into all sorts of things. But look at me. I'm, I'm not, I was coming to preach here for some time now. I have to prepare. It's not the case. And even as I'm here, I mean, from now to the end of the year, it's choked. 
is choked. If it wasn't choked, it would be choked with something else. It will be choked with something else. Yeah. So don't allow people to be in your churches and be nothing. Attending church does not mean you are working for God. Even singing in the choir does not mean you are working for God. Is it God you are singing for? Is it not the congregation are singing to? Eh? Singing in the church does not mean you are working for God at all. It's just to happy ourselves. But the real work is what Jesus Christ spoke about. That do you love me? Feed my sheep. That is the real work. I said that is the real work. I listened to something that you preached some time ago. Very classic message. Where you were dealing with the church. And I also dealt with my church. That it is wickedness. To put people in a bus. Bring them to church. Take them home. And next week bring them back. And take this, this wickedness of the highest order. That you don't visit the people to teach them. Because you see, when you are in a congregation, you don't listen to, you don't hear anything. If you like, make a study. After service, ask people in your church, 10 people, what did what I preach about? Oh, it was very powerful. Somebody will tell you, oh, they say we should, love, we, should, we should respect our parents. Remember, the preaching was, had nothing to do with respecting your parents. But they know it's a good thing. So they say, oh, they say we, should, we should respect our parents. But there is work to be done. And there are many people in our churches who may be on their way to hell. I'm telling you. And God is going to hold you and I responsible. God is going to hold us responsible. But there are many people in our churches who have to be brought up. Who have to be taught the word. Who have to be taught and taught after church. Pastor, hello, you cannot do it. You'll be frustrated. You cannot do it alone. He said, we are his workmanship. All the church, the congregation, everybody is part of it. We are, not just a few people. Not just a few people. Not just a few people. Sit down. Now, there's a miracle scripture here. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Continue, give me the verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Many of our church members are carrying yokes and burdens which they shouldn't be carrying. But look at what we are being offered. Just say, come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that labor, people are laboring. And heavy laden. And God wants to give people rest. But he says, well, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. 
when we all come together and we do the ministry work, it becomes easy and light for each person. And when you compare it to the yoke that you are carrying, I'm telling you, if you're a lady, you are not married, it's a very big yoke. A yoke that you cannot solve. But you can solve the yoke and the bearing of Jesus Christ. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my bedding is light. God wants us to put our church members in a state where they will take the yoke of Christ and give their bedding to Christ. Say, come unto me, all you that labor and heavily, I will give you rest. You see, God wants to give us rest. The only place there's rest in is in Christ. And that is the place we have to bring our church members to. The place where you can give your yoke and your bed into Christ and you can carry his. It's a divine exchange. Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. So people are laboring and they are not having rest because they have abandoned the yoke of Christ. They have abandoned the yoke of Christ. But when you take the yoke of Christ, I tell you, you know, by the grace of God, I want to say again, by the grace of God, I'm a very, very content person. By the grace of God. Because the yoke I have is the yoke of the church. The burden of the church. And I'm telling you, it is easier than my son becoming a good boy. It is easier than my son not becoming a lesbian or a gay person. It is easier. I cannot control that one. The one I can control is to feed the sheep, feed the lamb. So the yoke of my children, I give to the Lord. And the Lord takes care of that one. Whilst I'm also taking care of his. This is what Christians are supposed to do in all our churches. To take the yoke of Christ. The yoke of Christ is to feed the sheep. To care for them. To watch over them. I said to one of my pastors, you are very, very wicked. This your member, he wrote Wayak five years ago, he didn't pass. And he's walking around doing nothing. You are very wicked. And God will hold you responsible for, for that. When you pastor people whose lives are just, nothing is coming out of their lives, then there's something wrong. That you have a member, he's written Wayak five years ago, and he has not done anything about it because he failed, so he's just there. You don't care. We don't care for the sheep. And I'm saying that we need every hand on deck. Every hand on deck to care for the sheep. The thing that you are caring for, you can't handle it. If you are married and your wife is not giving birth, what can you do? There's very little you can do. I'm telling you, my brother, my sister. There's very little you can do. But you can catch a small boy after church and teach the person something. It's very easy to do that. It's more difficult to make your wife pregnant than that. I'm telling you. For your children to become something in future, for them just to have a decent mind, very, very difficult. Very difficult. You cannot control it. But it's very easy for God. That's why I said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. God wants to give us rest. But to receive the rest of God, he said, take my yoke upon you. 
For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. All I'm talking about is the work of God. The work that has been left undone. The work that only a few people are doing. That is the work I'm talking about. So as you are learning to be a great shepherd, know that it's not just you. But remember, I said remember that there are people who you have to be leading. No shepherd is giving a sheep. They'll give you ten sheep and a sheep remain like that. Uh, every good shepherd will try to add to the sheep. Every good shepherd will try to add. Like Jesus, you try to add to them. You try to add. Isn't that the case? But if they give you ten and the ten remains like that, you're not the good shepherd. You're not the good shepherd. But in order to have large numbers, you have to raise more people to be like you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Jesus was going everywhere with his disciples. He was just going with them. It's not, not just for fun, but going to them everywhere, talking. And that's how Bishop lives with us. And that's how we also live with our, our pastors and our shepherds. Everywhere. everywhere. Just talking. Just talking with them. Everywhere. Everywhere. Just talking. Just talking. Just talking with them. It's just they're talking. They're talking. They're talking. As he's talking to them, the spirit is entering into them. As he's talking to them, they are receiving something. That is how we raise people. That is how we raise people. You don't become like a king amongst them. And you see, by the grace of God, some of us are very educated. But when we come to church, when we come to church, I'm telling you, one of my best shepherds sells yam at Agobroshi. And he's one of my best friends in the church. Oh, oh yes. I tried to even promote his business. Connected him to people who fry yam and, and trophy to supply. Yes. It's not the rich people in the church, but everyone. Clap your hands to Jesus. Now, I want to talk about five facts. About the call of God. Five facts about the call of God. The Bible says that many are called. Amen. Matthew twenty-two fourteen. Many are called. Most of us we like few are chosen. That's what we are interested in. Few are chosen. We say, why don't you have this? Oh, because few are chosen. I invited many people. A few, only few came. In my church now. I had a camp last two months and in the camp I got 120 people who I want to appoint pastors in the next three years 120 so I call it D120 disciple 120 in the camp people who are interested in ministry I took all of them so now every Sunday 4 to 6 I have classes with them every Sunday, 4 to 6. Because many are called. Many are the Kodesh now. If you become a born again today and you are serious, in the next four years you can become a pastor. Because from the day you are born again, we have put program in place. Six months, six months, then you go on break for one month, then you, you continue like that. Uh, if you are serious. 
I selected 120 people. I called them D120. In fact, there are even more, but I've used the word 120 because of the 120 disciples. And I'm believing God that in three years' time, by the time I'm 65, I would have appointed at least 65 of them as pastors. <laughs> that is my vision. Amen? That is my purpose. So, since that come, every Sunday, 4 to 6, they are in class. Remember, they have been at the church for morning. They came in the morning. Some came at 7. Some came at 10. But 4 o'clock, school, up to 6. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Then, from time to time, if bishop is having a revival service, I put them in the bus and carry them there. They should go and listen. The thing I'm going to hear, the thing I've been hearing, that has made me who I am, they should also go and listen to the same thing. But I don't want to create anything that is less than me. I want to create what is like me. Amen. Because the Bible says that many are called. Many are called. Not few people. Not few. Many are called. And I want you to have that in your mind. That before you leave this camp, you have a list of people who you are going to raise as pastors. And you see, the materials to raise people, they are there. It's just that we like our comfort. We like our, 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 what? our isolation. That is why we are not using the materials. But there are materials that Bishop Ogo can help you, I can help you to give you material that you can teach your people. Make sure before you are leaving this conference, you have a list of people in your church. A list that you want to raise. If not the whole church. Since many are called. And that should be your focus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It should be your focus to raise many people. Many people. Many people. Some will fall by the road sign, but always have in mind many people. And don't discriminate. You'll be amazed what some people who you don't regard, what they can become. You'll be amazed what God will make out of them. Because remember, it's the word of God you are going to teach them. Amen? It's not your own word, but the word of God that has been written, that has been expanded in books. That's what you are going to teach them. And so before you leave this camp, purpose in your heart that you are going to raise many people in your church. Many people. Bishop Bogo said he has a, a torture driver as a pastor. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Congratulations. I wish I, I could also have one. I think I went too far. I went to professor. I, now I have to come down to Yam Celes. I'm really, you see, my eyes are on that Yam seller. I'm telling you. My eyes are, because you see, the people that he has been bringing to church is amazing. It comes from the north. The people he has been bringing. So now we have a number of them. In fact, some of them, when you are going to visit them, he will tell you when you get to Agbogloshi, you stand by this uh, signboard, I will come. Because where he is, it's like, <laughs> he doesn't want you to come there. He doesn't want you to come there. In fact, even if you can go there, 
Because you have to walk in, you have to walk in things, you know, to, to be able to get there. So when you get to this signboard, stand there and call me. I'll come. We are not discriminating. I am believing God that all those people one day. In fact, I told them I see a vision, a vision of a flat, a block of flats that they are living inside that flat. And I've been seeing that vision always, and I've been believing God that one day all these guys. They stay in cupboards, kiosks, wooden structures, zingles, but they are all very precious. I said they are all very precious. Hallelujah. So when they say many are called, don't leave anybody out. Your poor people are called, your rich people are called. Amen. When you see a rich man, don't see money, see a worker of God. Amen. As when you see a rich man, don't see money. See a worker. We have, I have a pastor who is an accountant who works with the World Bank. He's a pastor. One of the busiest pastors. I have a pastor who is a, a manager of a bank. They are all pastors. A pastor who is almost like the third in command at Ghana Commercial Bank. They are all pastors. They are all pastors. And they bring their, their, their offerings. They bring their tithes. And when we are raising money, they bring the money and then they will do the work of God as well. Amen? The work of God is for everybody. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Say many are called. Say many are called. Hallelujah. Now what does many are called mean? In case you don't understand. Many are called means large numbers of people are called. God does not deal in small numbers. Don't use scripture that God does not save by the thousand. In this our era, we need many people. Amen? If you are supposed to counsel your church members on Sunday, you the pastor alone, you cannot do it. Are you with me? I say you cannot do it. You need many people to be doing counseling. In my church, we have, of course, in the UD church, we call it intimate counseling. So every Sunday, there are people whose names are brought and they are arranged. They come 30 minutes, one hour. They are counseling them, counseling them, counseling them. If there are issues that needs further attention, then they pass it on. Every Sunday, counseling. I've even introduced um, telepastoring, eh? where a pastor. And it's very effective. A pastor pastors counsels five people in the, in the week. Monday to Friday. And you spend one hour with the person. So before you call the person, you spend 30 minutes praying for, praying for the person. You have the name. So you pray for the person. 30, about 15 minutes praying for the person. When you finish, then you call the person. You counsel the person on the phone. When you finish the counseling, whatever time is left to make one hour, you continue the prayer for the person. So you've counseled somebody for one hour on phone. So if each pastor is counseling five people, 100 pastors will counsel 500 people in a week. Wow. Yeah. Because I got a hard pastor in it. When you have people who are even far away, I have a pastor who is an architect. They are doing a project in the north. For about two years, he's in the north. I said, okay, he's not available. Do I have to sack him as a pastor? No. 
Do you still want to do the work? He said, yes. Okay. Then from today, you are a telepastor. Every Sunday, they will send you five names. So you can be in the north, can be in the south, can be in America. Wherever you are in the world, you can pastor somebody. You spend one hour on each human being that you are pastoring. Pray for the person, calling the person, and ending with prayer. One solid hour. Even those who are around physically, how many of them do that? I said, how many of them do that? So I'm telling you that it doesn't matter where your people are. The person can be a manager in his bank. He can come to um, what are some of the areas here? Or you be to follow up somebody or to counsel somebody, but he can make a call. And because he has money, he can even make more calls. Can make a call and counsel somebody. Pray with the person. So that everybody will be involved. And a lot of you young people here, you are in churches. You have to be doing something. I'm not talking about playing drums in the church. I'm not talking about sweeping the church. That is good. I'm talking about what Jesus Christ said. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. So our churches have many people, but a lot of the people are not doing the workmanship God. Are not doing the work, the good work that God created us for. The sweeping should go on. All the things should go on. But when we've all finished, now we have to do the work of God. We never saw Jesus Christ sweeping the temple. But we saw him counseling people. And he said to the disciples, if you love me, feed my sheep. So many people, many are called means large numbers. So whatever the numbers there are in your church, eh? if you are only eight people, it means that they are all called. That's what it means. I said they are all called. You are not saying amen. I said they are all called. If the eight in your church is a large number, then they are all called. Don't see anybody as anything else other than the fact that this is a called person of God. Yeah, that's what the person is. It's called of God. Amen. I say amen. You see, us, the shepherd of the sheep, hmm? you'll be doing a great mistake if you don't follow these things that you are hearing. And you're not hearing from a human wisdom, but you're hearing from the word of God. Nobody rears cows and takes them for races. I've not seen somebody rearing cows and they go for races. Or rearing sheep and they go for races. When you rear horses, they go for races. The cow, no, is for their meat to be eaten. So you cannot have people in your church and for them to be anything other than what God said they are. That they are God's workmanship. They are God's workmanship. They are God's workmanship. It means large numbers of people. What else does it mean? Many are called me the masses. The masses are called. Everybody here hearing the sound of my voice, you are called. I say you are called. I thought you'd be excited. You would say amen. I say everybody hearing the sound of my voice is called. I say you are called. Yeah, you are called. That's how come in our church we have over four or five thousand pastors. Because everybody is called. And many shepherds. Fantastic. Many. Because many are called. The masses are called. The next is that huge numbers are called. What did I say? Huge numbers. Say huge numbers. 
Say huge numbers. Huge numbers are called. The next is that numerous people are called. Say numerous people are called. Not a few. Numerous. Say numerous. Say numerous. The next thing, countless people are called. Amen? If you can count the number of people you are training in your church, then you are making a mistake. (laughs) Because I don't know the number of people we are training. My 120 disciples, there are more than 120. Countless. Countless people. Our people on DMM programs, that disciple making program, I don't even know the number now. But my vision is just to raise as many people as possible. I've been at the crest for four years now. Over the four years, I think I've appointed about either 50 or so pastors. Yeah. Over the four years, I was 50 pastors. And I'm aiming that by the time I'm 65, by the grace of God, I should have raised additional 65 people. <laughs> One for each year that I was born that I didn't work. <laughs> I said, countless people. Amen. Countless means that if at any point you can say, Oh, I have five people I'm training as pastors, then you are not, you don't understand the many are called. If at any point you can say, Oh, I have 17 people I'm training, then you don't understand the many are called. Because countless means that you cannot count them. Each time they ask you, you have to begin to count and call the administrator for figures. That is countless people. Yeah, that is countless people. And that's God's mind. Hallelujah. Next, many are called means lots of people are called. Not small numbers. Do you understand what I'm saying? Eh? Do you understand? Lots of people are called. Not a few. It also means that the majority of the people. So if you have 200 people in your church, at least 101 is majority. Do you understand the mass I'm doing? I say if you have 200 people in your church, then I'm saying at least, if it's majority, what is majority? It's 50 plus 1. And what is 50% of 200? 100. 100. 100 plus 1 is what? 101. So whatever number you have in your church, I'm telling you, look, this should be your vision. I said this should be your vision. Otherwise, you will not do it. Otherwise, you will not realize it. When it says many are called. And you are sitting down with people who are called. And you are not telling them they are called. You are not preaching to them that they are called. You are not training to them to receive their call. I said many are called means majority of the people are called. And I'm saying by simple mathematics. Any number you have times 50% plus one. You are preaching. They should respond to the call. Otherwise, there's something wrong. Otherwise, there's something wrong. Are you with me? Is it the weather that has made you cool? Or the message? It's, it, you have become sober. No, seriously. Otherwise, as great shepherds, we have failed. 
Yeah. Because we have a great shepherd. Today, we are all pastors. Doctors, pastors, accountants, architects, um, truck drivers, tomato sellers, soldiers, policemen, nurses, custom officers. Do you have a yam seller so far? Eh? Or you are hoping that one? My yam seller. Ah, I have my eyes on that guy. Pa. His name is Jackie Chan. So we call him Jackie Chan. Very nice young man. Hallelujah. So take this majority calculation to be something very serious. Amen. Take it that when you look at the attendance you have in your church, and you don't have 50% plus one, then you have not achieved your, your aim. Amen. If you don't have 50% plus one, that means that something is missing. Next, most of the people are called. Sadly, most pastors treat their congregation as people who do not have a call. You see, I'm saying this to you because it's very important. It was not until my pastor told me that, do you know you are called? That I began to realize there was something called called. I've read it in the Bible before, but I never thought it applies to me. Are you with me? They say many are called. I never thought that I was it's something that can be applied to me. Because since secondary school form four, I've been doing ministry. Myself and my friends, we had a ministry, comeback ministries. We used to travel to villages. We spent almost all our holidays in villages preaching and this thing. And then we yeah, all my holidays I spent in villages. George uh, places. You know, in prior so those days, Prius was a village. In nineteen seventy eight it was a village. I was in form four. <laughs> we traveled to villages. So me, you know, I didn't know. But then, you see, if I go back to the ministry that I belong to, eh, and I see what, by the grace of God, I'm doing now, I would have been very shocked if I had gone to heaven and not come to this ministry. I would have been very shocked. If when I die and I had gone to heaven and I have not joined this ministry, and God now showed me the things that I was supposed to have done, I would have been very shocked. Because I was very, a very powerful member in the church. And because I was an accountant, I'm sure during the end of the month, they really count the offering very well. Got the tithe that comes in. At one point when I was in Bibiani, I started a church in Bibiani and I was pastoring it. And I was told from a crowd that my tithe is the manual, it's 99% of the church. <laughs> So a church will be very, very happy with such a person. And you'll be very, very happy with such a person. But such a person, they are told, come, make a step and come into full-time ministry. Because there's a greater work to be done. There's greater work to be done. But my pastor told me, do you know you are called? And I'm saying to you, there is 50% plus one members that you have, that you have to tell them, my brother, you are called. My sister, you are called. You'll be amazed what they will become in your church and the great help that they will become. By the grace of God, this year I appointed my youngest person is a medical student in year five. Yes, I think he's 19 years old. Yes, I appointed him a pastor. I told my church two years ago, I looked at the average age of the people I appointed pastors. 
and it was almost 40 years. I said, but this is why I didn't go to retire soon. So I said, I'm going to reduce that average age. I told my church, I want the average age to be between 20 and 30. That's when you add all the people their age and divide by whatever. So those who were old, I said, look, you better become pastor now because from next year, you cannot become a pastor. You are too old. I don't want to battle with people who are not into the thing. So this year, I appointed my first student pastor, 19 year old. So he's the one leading my university's church. And come and see how the boys respect him. How they run after him. At times, they even drain me. When I'm finished from the, my office, I'm counseling maybe around 11, 12, I'm going home. Then these boys have charged. Hey! And when they come, by all means, the Holy Spirit will give you something to say. It is better that they are tired. They draw from you. That's the congregation that we need. People who draw from you. It makes you always fill up. Because some people will be drawing from you. I said, it makes you always fill up as a pastor. Because they'll be drawing from you. Those are the people that you have to tell them they are called. And those are the people that God wants you to raise in your church. I have about 10 more university students who I'm sure next year I'll be appointing as pastors. Yeah. Because they are called. You see, when I was growing up, I had to finish university before I could propose to a woman. I was a very shy person. <clears throat> I couldn't propose to a woman. And I see some of these young people, maybe they're on their third girlfriend. If you're on your third girlfriend, it means that you can talk. You can convince somebody. And when I look at myself, who I couldn't convince anybody until I finished university, before I could tell a woman I love you, it means that the young ones can do more. In fact, the first woman I proposed to, it took her two years to say yes. And even the two years, it was when my father died, so it was a compassionate uh, response. It was what? A compassionate response. I'm telling you. I proposed to her when I finished this two years. Every day, Charlie, how? I think I told you. Really? I had this friend who was like a between. I would say, oh, Charlie, it to work, it to work. Two years. How did they have raps? So I'm standing, I'm talking. It's because somebody told me that you are called. You are called. I said, you are called. Amen. If nobody had told me I'm called, I will not be standing here today. I will not be standing here today. I could never propose to a woman. If I am passing here and there are girls sitting here, I have to look for another route. I'm telling you. Because I was so shy. It was not, it was not funny. One day, I was young. I went to a disco. And I met a lady I was dancing with. I wanted to tell lady I love you. I couldn't say it. So I called my friend as we were dancing to come and say it. <laughs> By the time I realized my friend was smooching the lady in front of me. 
tells you how shy I was. So you may see people in your church, you think, oh, this man cannot do it, cannot do it, cannot do it. No. Tell them they are called. I said, tell them they are called. And teach them to become what you want them to become. The thing you teach them, that is what they become. What you teach your church is what the church becomes. If you teach, I remember very well when I was in Nigeria, there was one church. It was a redeemed church. I'm saying details. But there were members in the church and they had a pastor who was always teaching about heaven. You know, heaven, you know, eternal things. And I think they moved their pastors about a lot. So another pastor came who I knew was a businessman. Always about money, money. I'm telling you, the church, about half of the church left. They complained bitterly that this guy is always about money. Always talking about money, money. I'm telling you. See, the old pastor was teaching us about heaven. And this one is always teaching about money. There is a hunger in man. There's a hunger in man. It's the spirit of God that fills that hunger. And I'm saying that the many people you have in your church, they are called. You have to tell them. I say you have to tell them. I say you have to tell them. Amen. You have to tell them that they are called. They can do something for God. Don't just leave them sitting there. Tell them. Tell them. Let them believe themselves that they have been called. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So that's the first thing that you have to know. I told you I was talking about five facts about the call. Number two, there is a call to fruitfulness. What is the call for? It's a call to fruitfulness. Hallelujah. It's a call to fruitfulness. And there's another miracle scripture here. If Christians will follow this scripture, I tell you, you will, need, you will always receive a hundred percent answered prayer. John 15, 16. It's a miracle scripture. It says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you to be chosen is also like to be called. We will come to that later. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruits. Ye should go and bring forth fruits and that your fruit should remain. Your fruit should what? Should remain. And this week, you are going to be taught how to make your fruits remain. That is a great shepherd. How to make your fruits remain. Then what happens after that? That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This is 100% answered prayer. Whatsoever. It's a miracle scripture out there. That many people are ignoring and they are shouting and they are calling on God and they are not getting answers. If God is lying, try this scripture and see. 
The interesting part of this, I gave an illustration earlier, is when you have a house help. You bring the house help into your house. You bring the person for a purpose. That's why I said that. You have not chosen. But I have chosen you. We didn't choose God. It's God who has chosen us. He has called us. He has not just called us. He has also ordained us. And this ordination is not wearing a gown and things and being poured oil. No, no, no. It's a spiritual ordination. What we do in church is to bring certain order into church. Amen? But I said, you, he has called you and ordained you for a purpose. The purpose is one and it's only one. And to remain the same purpose. That purpose will never change. I said that purpose will never change. It's just like what we read earlier for Ephesians 2.10. We have not chosen. He has chosen us and ordained us. And he has ordained us for a purpose. That we should go and bring forth fruits. So many of our church members who are suffering, going through challenges, this is a miracle scripture for all of them. I said, this is a miracle scripture for all of them. You know, <laughs> very amazing, Bishop Ogo. Since last year, since last year, conventions that I've had in my church, we invited prophets, Makai, and then recently to Bishop Pius minister in the, in the program. And it's very amazing. Anybody God reveals anything about the person to the person, the first question they ask, what do you do in church? One person don't do anything. The prophet didn't mind him. He's, you know, Mr. Minister to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you don't do anything in church. No, no, no. Then this word is not for you. <laughs> the word was for only those who were working in church. I'm telling you. I mean, I said, I've not told him anything. But he himself just. And Bishop Powell did the same thing a couple of weeks ago. So even now, people. Uh, pastors have to go, oh no, no, he, he, he's, he's a shepherd. He's a shepherd <laughs> before the word comes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and that's the scripture in Malachi chapter 3. Look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. <laughs> I think verse 16, I think. Seventeen. <clears throat> it says, "And they shall be mine," saith the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. As a man spareth his own son that serveth him. As a man spareth his own son that spareth that serveth him. Verse 18. Then shall ye return and descend between the righteous and the wicked. When you say wicked here, it's not somebody who is going about killing people and doing abortion. You remember the talent of the parable of the talent? Wicked and slothful servants. Yes. Then shall ye return and descend between the righteous and the wicked. Between, now, after he's explaining, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. So at the end of the day, there will always be a difference. And I'm saying that the way for our members to be blessed without sweat is taking the yoke of Christ. 
That is the way our members will be blessed. Taking the yoke of Christ. Let us raise people who work for God. Amen? That is you and I. That is why God ordained pastors, prophets, teachers, etc. So we edify the saints. So the saints do the work of the ministry. We are missing out on our calling. And the thing that we are supposed to do. But I'm saying that in this conference, we are going to teach you what to do. To raise people. And a people, an army for God. You would have done your responsibilities. That is the responsibility that God gave Bishop Dark. That's how I come today. I'm also here. And I'm not a selfish person. What has been made to me, if Bishop was preaching to us prosperity and riches and things, do you think I'll be here today? No. Neither would I. At a point, I worked in Takradi for two years. On my sixth month, I just joined, on the first year, I just joined the church like a year ago. My pastor called me and said, Bishop said I should start a branch. I've been in the church for about just a year. I said, I'll start. So I started the branch. Within a year, my company transferred from Takradi to Accra. Any good man or sensible person will say to my pastor, Pastor, I've been transferred. I have about 30 sheep. Could you please get somebody to handle it? But I said, this opportunity, I will not let, not let it pass through my fingers. I left my family in Takradi. I was working in Accra. Because I needed some motivation to go to Takradi every weekend. Every Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday without a fail. I closed from work at the gold house. By 5, 5.30, I set up. And those days, customer traffic was something else. I get to my house in Takradi like 10 a.m., 10 p.m. Of course, I'm happy. I've seen my wife. So I'm happy myself. The following day, in the morning breakfast, and I go to my church. Follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. Music rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. We come home. My wife was in the uh, cathedral. It was in the uh, Apache. I was in the brand. Sunday morning, I go to church. After church, meetings, 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 counseling. I go to the head office, meet my senior pastor, Bishop Hamish. One, two, one, two. I go home. Monday morning, 4 a.m., back in my car to Accra. I did that for two years. 100, 200, 104 weeks without fail. Because somebody told me that I am called. Amen? He told me I am called. And I am called to do what? I am called to be fruitful. I am called to be fruitful. I am called to be fruitful. Hallelujah. As I stand here, I don't deserve to be the bishop at the Kodesh. I don't see what about me that will make me the bishop at the Kodesh. But God sees sacrifices that we don't see. I say God sees things that we don't see. That the place that Bishop Dark sat to minister for years, I'm the one there. It's a miracle. I say it's a miracle. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The call is a call to fruitfulness. Amen. It's a call to fruitfulness. Let your people know that they are called. And let them know that it's a call to fruitfulness. 
Let them know there's a scripture like John chapter 15 verse 16. That you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruits and that your fruits should remain. So it is one thing bringing forth fruits, but like I said to you, we were not called to just bring forth fruits, but we are called to make disciples. That your fruits will remain. That is where the hard work is. My wife says something in tree. Is it or Christo Yeno and Yedding? Neyono. Or Christo Yeno and Yedding. Now so Neyono. Yes. That you may bring forth fruit. That's Neyono. That the fruit should remain. Neyono. On the Jumano War. Hallelujah. But you and I are going to rise up to do it. I say, you and I are going to rise up to do it. And we are not going to rise up alone, but we are going to rise up with every human being that God has given to us. Hallelujah. I say, every person that God has given to us, we are going to rise up with them to do it. Don't allow somebody in your church just to be a singer and this and no. We are his workmanship. Everybody that God gives to us is God's workmanship. And he... God is the one who has chosen us. So he has chosen you. He has chosen the members that he's given to you. That we will all go and bring forth fruits. And that our fruits should remain. Then lies the 100% answered prayer. Whatsoever. 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 There are people in... You see, instead of having couples quarreling in your church and you wasting time counseling them, tell them to go do witnessing. Saturday, tell, I tried it in Zimbabwe. To one couple, they're always fighting. And I said, No, I'll not counsel you. I don't, I don't waste time on counseling people who are fighting. Saturday, go and do um, witnessing, outreach. Hold your wife's hand every four o'clock, go and do outreach and see. <laughs> Within a few, a, a few weeks, their marriage was back, uh, you know, back, back to back. Yes, their marriage was back and alive. It was back because they sit down there quarreling. This one has put on TV watching boys. Saying, You're always watching boys. You're not talking to me. Okay, put the TV, all of you. Hold her hand. Go and do outreach. Go and do what? Outreach. You don't have to pray for your marriage to work. You have to work for your marriage to work. I say, You have to work for your marriage to work. And that is the work. You've been praying for your marriage to work. I said, That is the work. You have not chosen him. He has chosen us and ordain us. So the call is a call to fruitfulness. Hallelujah. May the Lord make us fruitful. I say may the Lord make us fruitful. I say may the Lord make us fruitful in the name of Jesus. And like I was saying to you about that, um, the pastor went to heaven. The wife did not recognize that the husband has married. I mean, he didn't register in heaven. <laughs> if you think your marriage has been registered, you, you, are, you are joking. Your marriage has been registered, so you are spending all your energy and your time on your marriage. Heaven does not record, recognize it. It doesn't recognize it at all. It is your step of faith. That is what heaven recognizes. Your step of faith. That is what registers in heaven. So the man marrying the wife didn't even notice it. Didn't, it didn't register. It wasn't seen in heaven. It's only works of faith that register in heaven. So when the husband grew in the Lord. Oh, it registered. The wife noticed it. But the marriage, she is not scoring. I say it's not scoring. Even chickens marry. 
clap your hands to the Lord. Number three. Some people are called in a spectacular way. Because you may see yourself say you are not called. Some are called in a spectacular way. Are you with me? Some are called in a spectacular way. Like it happened to Paul in Acts chapter 9 on his way to Damascus. It was very spectacular. Amen? But it's not everybody who is called in a spectacular way. As a matter of a majority of people are not called in a spectacular way. See, the apostle Paul was called in a dramatic and spectacular fashion. But you see, when you come and think of it, when you come and think of it, what would have happened to you if you had died an unbeliever? Then what, whichever way you are called, you see that a spectacular, spectacular thing. Yeah. If you come and think of what would have happened to you if you were not born again, the hell that you have been delivered from, and you see your call as something very important and spectacular. It's not only seeing visions, but think about the autumn and what could have happened. Then you see that, yes, God has really, really saved you in a spectacular way. So you don't joke with your salvation. Are you with me? I said, Are you with me? Yes. Wonderful. Number four. Some are called in an ordinary way. First Kings chapter 19, verse 11, 12. It says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. That voice that when you were in the service, and the pastor said, if you want to give your life to Christ, lift your hand. And then you lifted your hand. That voice that in the service, when you say, if you have lifted your hand, then rise on your feet and you rose. That voice, like something said to me, it's not something, it's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I said, what? It's not something, the Holy Spirit. Because many people lift their hands. Or in the face of many people who go to church, not born again, don't lift their hands. But you lifted yours. Many people, after lifting their hands, when they say, come forward, they don't come forward. But you went forward. Just because there was a still small voice. Hallelujah. That is the call of God on your life. Amen. That is the call of God on your life. And I'm going to talk about it later. How important it is. Amen. And what it means. Because many of us don't fulfill. In fact, if I had not joined this church. Bishop Ogo, I always think about it. Because I was a nice brother where I was. Very nice brother. Paying my tithe very faithfully. Every time there's donations, I, I do my best. Like Brother Dennis here. <laughs> so if I had just ended it there and not come into this, 
I would have been very amazed that in heaven God will open a book and he will show me what you could have been. The plans I had for you. The plans I have for you. The plans I had for you. One scripture that has guided my life is Jeremiah 29, 11. I caught this scripture in 1979 or so. And I've never left this scripture. I've held on to it as if God was speaking personally to me. And as I have worked with God, I can see it unfolding. And I'm standing here preaching. It's amazing. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's amazing. It's a privilege. Do you understand? If I, 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 I can give you 10 reasons why I shouldn't be here. I can give you 10 reasons why I shouldn't be here. Even the fact that I'm walking. He knows. I'm here and I'm walking. That alone is a miracle. I can give you 10 reasons why I shouldn't be here. And I could have given excuses. Just like when I was leaving Takrade to come to Accra. I said to my pastor, oh, Charlie, I've been transferred. Oh. And I would have been a very nice brother. Would I have done anything wrong? Yes. My company would have transferred me. I'm going. I'm is it wrong? I'm going. <laughs> it won't be wrong. But I intentionally let my family in Takaradi. So I can always be going back to the ship. And I did that for two years. The miracles that God gave me for to share. You know, I was working in the mines. And I was working at the gold house. By virtue of my position, I was entitled to a rent of say $5,000 every month. By virtue of my position. Hey. Oh, yes. Because those days, airport residential, that's where we were staying. <laughs> now, because I wasn't with my family, I was saying my sister's small flat somewhere. So it meant that all this money came to me. And that's how, that's how I started my, building my house. Two years. Calculate and see. <laughs> I didn't know about this arrangement but just by that take, taking that decision that's the blessing that was awaiting me it, it was even funny because I was also entitled to a security man so I was staying in my sister's flat at Sakumono and then there was a security man sitting in front of the door because I was <laughs> I was entitled to a security man <laughs> why did I told my HR look I don't need this secret, but it's a whole block for flats. And he's sitting in front of my door. Morning he comes, then by six, another person come and sit there. This house, I'm not inside. I'm here Monday to Friday. I'm always at work. I just come home to sleep. Weekends, I'm gone. There's nothing inside this that my five chairs are aware in the week. So what is this sitting out there doing? So just by taking that decision, the blessing that came into my hands. So when he says that you have not chosen, but he has chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruits and that whatsoever your fruit should remain whatsoever you ask the father in his name he will give to you and I'm saying that that is the message we should teach our people that there's a call and that call is a call to fruitfulness amen it's not a call just to come and warm the pews in church it's not just a call just to be a nice person in church but it's a call to fruitfulness hallelujah I said hallelujah. So you could see people are called in spectacular way, number four. People are called in an ordinary way. And I'm saying many of us are called in an ordinary way. Number five, some people are called through their desires, your desire. Some of you like girls, that's your desire. So you are called and maybe to reach out to ladies. <laughs> hallelujah. 
when I was in secondary school, form one, form two, I was in Accra Academy, and blew, blew. And every every morning, there's what we call morning devotion in the halls. Accra Academy, we have halls. We don't have houses. We have halls. And the seniors form four, they were supposed to do it, but they don't do it. So when it's time for devotion, I'll just pick my Bible, form two. Now go and stand there and then just read and and share something. So it's like there was there was a desire. I mean, I've never dreamt I'll be a pastor. I've never dreamt I'll be even working in the church as a full-time person. There was just a desire that was there. That could just pick my Bible, read, and be able to say something. So, you are called based on the desire that you have. Amen? Some of us, when we are children, you are playing Kofi and Amma, and then like, Kofi and Amma, they are doing wedding. You are the pastor officiating the wedding, the Kofi and Amma wedding. You are the pastor officiating. It's a, it's, it's a desire. <laughs> Amen? They are doing drama in school and you are always like some good person or some priest. It's a desire. Hallelujah. It's your call. Amen? I say it's your call. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Hallelujah. I like how he put it. He say what? He desireth a good work. Yes. Desire the office of a bishop. You are desiring a good work. Not a good thing or a good office, but a good work. But the office, not a good title. But the office of a bishop is a, it's work. Okay. Amen? In my church, when you are made a bishop, hey, like somebody will say, woe unto you. Because work, you are giving more responsibilities. It's not a title. Hallelujah. It's not what a title, but it's a desire that you have. Say, if any man, if you desire the work, the office of a bishop, you are desiring a good work. And I believe that many of our church members have some desire in them. That's why they even come to listen to you every Sunday. Yeah. That's why they come to listen to you every Sunday. There's some desire inside of people. And you and I will have to change that desire and direct that desire. Everybody has a desire. Everybody has a desire. A desire for something. And you, God has raised us to channel that desire into good works. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Are we going to raise people in our churches? Are we going to tell them many are called? I said, are we going to tell them many are called? Are we going to tell them many are called? And if you are here, you are a young person, I'm announcing to you that the fact that you have come to this conference, it means that you are called. I say you are called. I say you are called. You are called. You are called. You go to our first love churches and children, children, they are running the church. Powerful. My, my Saturday service is now for the QCC, I call them QCC, Kudesh Campus Church. Yeah, I don't go there. They are running it. Yes. They are always on Facebook. You can watch them. Saturday evening. They are running the church. They are running the church. Because they have something. You know, one day I was there in my house when my son came from the US early and I was there Saturday. He was going up and down. 
He came from town. He said they were going for Reza. He came. They said they were going for service. Say, hey. Then I realized that I've grown because I was, I was tired. I've gone for visit. I've come. I was tired. I was relaxing and checking my notes for the following day. And my son has been running from morning. Reza is going. Oh, he says he's going to call some people here for for service. Up and down. I said, wow. They have energy, and there are people in your church with energy. If we don't rise up, if we don't rise up to direct them, they will leave our churches. We left our parents' churches. I was a Presbyterian. I was confirmed a Presbyterian. We left our parents' churches because we thought it was boring and went to do our own thing. And if we don't rise up to lift the young ones and to convince them that they are called and to get them to do the work of God, they will leave our churches and find somewhere else. I said they will leave our churches and find somewhere else. I'm telling you, it's not a prophecy. It is to come to pass. Because you and I, if I do statistics right now, many of us were in Anglican, Presby, um, what else? When Methodist, yes, we're in various churches. True or false? True or false? How many of you were confirmed in, in uh, Presby? Confirmation. Secondary school, you wear white, white. They will do confirmation. Not the case. I did um, form four. Yes, look at the hands. Only Presby. If I go to Methodist, I go to uh, Catholic, I go to other churches. And it because we're in the church and we're not seeing anything for us. And they started a young people's guild or something. I don't know what it's for. But then we found water fights is level. And I'm saying that if you don't rise up to raise the young in your church and to let them know that they are called to give them opportunity in the church. If you like start a Saturday church and allow the young people to handle it, you will see the excitement there. If we don't do that very soon, You'll see them finding somewhere else to go. You'll find somewhere else to go. You'll find somewhere else to go. So God has brought us to this conference to equip us, to make us great shepherds, to know that the people that we are leading, they are people who God has chosen and God has ordained that they, together with us, can go and bring forth fruits and those fruits will remain that whatsoever he has the Father in his name, he will do unto us. Shall we rise on our feet? Shall we rise on our feet? Just lift your hands and just open your mouth and begin to pray. The Bible says that we should not be just hearers oh, of the word, yes. but we should be doers of the word. Doers of the word. Pray that what you have heard today Jesus. will make a difference from today Jesus. in your life. Yes. What you have heard from the morning, yes. from the shall go in the morning and from yes. right now, it will make a difference in your yes. life. I say it will make a difference yes. in your life. Yes. It will make a difference in your life. Yes. That the word has fallen on good ground house. Yes. That it shall bring forth fruits. That from today, you begin to raise people in your church. From today, you begin to say to your congregation that they are called. You begin to say to the young ones, that they are called. You begin to say to the rich ones that they are called. You begin to say to the poor ones that they are called. You begin to say to the students that they are called. You begin to say to the 
home manager that he is called. You begin to say to the teacher that he is called. You begin to say to the trainer that he is called. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. That many are called. Thank you that, Lord, this word has fallen on good ground hearts. That we are leaving this place equipped, knowing that the people that we are leading, you have not called only us. You have called our whole congregation. You have called many people, large people. You have called the majority. We thank you. And we give you the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Shall we receive Bishop Ogo? Please clap your hands. A voice of experience. You see, this is a man who has not just read the Bible and has brought us Greek meanings, Hebrew meanings, concordance. This is a man who is working. He's working. Clap your hands again. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays, as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.